This is the Daddy Saturday Podcast. Well, hey everyone, welcome so much to have you to the Daddy Saturday Podcast today. I'm here with Scott Paul, CEO of Wooly, former Disney. Scott's had three exits, so he knows what it's like to scale an organization. He's also scaling his family. Um, he's got 43 angel deals. You can see looking at him on the screen here, he's a male model. That is obvious to anyone that's looking at him. He's also got tesladad.com. We'll talk about that a bit. He's a beekeeper and an aspiring alpaca farmer. Scott definitely has one of the coolest LinkedIn titles and coolest bios that I've ever read. Scott, we're so honored to have you with us here today to talk a little bit about business and fatherhood and parenting. Yeah. Well, most of my income does come from the male modeling. I just need to preface that. That's the yeah. number one. I'm an influencer. I get paid a lot from that that gig. So I'll bet you do. I'll bet yeah, you beard do. models. They're, they're, they need beard models out there. That's a, It was a rare thing. I, I fell into. <laughs> <laughs> well, they have all the products for beards now, right? They've got the beard combs. They've got the beard wax. They've got all the different. Uh, I'll tell you, I, I, I've actually been making some posts with my beard and I've had three people send their products to me as if I was like some Instagram influencers. I've got stacks of beard oils, waxes, shampoos, conditioners, and the combs. And I love it. I've been bald since I was 20. So having some hair and stuff to do with it is is actually a real stress reliever. So I'm, I'm a fan of all those products if you see them out there. That's awesome. Well, are you, I guess the real question is with the holidays coming up, are you going to do like the beard bulbs or anything on the, on the beard? Yeah, I've seen people do that. If my kids want to de- decorate, you know, if we put the tree up and they have a few extra ideas, maybe I'll donate the beard for some photo op like that. And of course, with, of course, with all my modeling licenses uh, on top of that, it, it costs quite a bit to decorate my face. I have, I have a fee to release the images. So. <laughs> I'll bet. Well, you know, I love to start off with just kind of the state of the union. So why don't you give us the state of the union of Scott Paul, where you're at today, what you're working on, the status of your family and catch us up real briefly. Yeah, the main thing in my life right now is yeah, mostly families. Obviously, with with COVID, you're we're like 10x the frequency of bumping into each other. Everyone's home. Most of most of us are home most of the time. There's no real travel. So I think even though I'm the CEO of a tech company, I feel like it's an odd time where I have to double down on like how how are we going to do this home. Uh, extreme time at home thing because it's gets it gets to be a little overwhelming when you don't have those business trips to go on to release or relax and to go to an office and so you know it's definitely a equally yoked i would say the ceo gig and the family gig are you know equally on my mind right now so my ceo job is uh, woolly is a ambassador or advocacy platform for brands so you if you're a consumer brand selling mattresses online or Jackets Wooly is a is for the brand to help motivate and manage their the people who like to talk and share the brand. So it's a kind of like a CRM with you know campaign and activation tools. And so it's been it's been a really I've been doing that for four years and it's been really fun to watch how brands engage communities of their best fans and their and so that's what we do day in day out. That's awesome, man. Well, and one of your clients at Wooly is Purple Mattress Company, correct? Yeah, well, it's one of the first actually. So. You know, it's been a brand that you probably didn't hear about five years ago, and now it's almost a household name uh, with all the advertising they do. And so, yeah, we would we would manage if you were to buy one of those mattresses and want to share it with your friends and family. We try to manage that, like the codes or discounts you can share, and try to help you with your social media shout outs and stuff. So that's been a great client from 2016 that's really helped us grow. Yeah. Well, and just a quick aside. So we just recently had an interaction with Purple through our our nonprofit foundation. We do intensives here on our family farm for kids that don't have or have absentee fathers. 
And two of the kids that just came through recently were sleeping on box springs because they had ruined their mattresses and didn't want to tell their mom. And they were, uh, you know, she's a single mother, financially tight. And so I reached out to Purple. I had a connection there and and got in touch with their CFO. And they generously donated two brand new Purple mattresses to these boys, showed up at their house. And I got all these pictures of them sleeping on their brand new Purple mattresses. So, you know, it's really cool that Wooly is supporting amazing brands like that that are are making a difference in people's lives. And they're certainly a great brand and making a big impact. I'm surprised you got them because it's a, I mean, there's a lot of requests like that. So that's awesome. They responded and stuff and took care of you guys because you can imagine these purple, these mattress companies just have a whole bunch of, most of their outreach is influencers saying, hey, can I get a free, I'll make a YouTube video if you give me a mattress. And it's sometimes that's a good thing to do, but most of the time it's, they would be giving a thousand mattresses away every week if they, if they gave one to everybody that requests. So you're lucky to get through that noise and I'm glad they supported you. Yeah, absolutely. Well, so Scott, you know, you talked about this intersection between work and home, and I think it's on everybody's minds right now. It's obviously been the case through COVID and looking at someone like yourself, who's a high functioning CEO, who's got a lot going on in addition to all your modeling. And, you know, you're trying to balance that tension between work and home with your family. So maybe share some of the things, both successes and or failures or things that you've seen that you've had to work through during that process and some tips for our listeners and how they might be able to migrate through the same challenges. And well, you said high functioning CEO, and I don't think anyone would label that uh, <laughs> to me. So I, but I appreciate it. It's, in fact, we should talk about that. Probably one of the best things is I came to terms with the fact that I'm not a high functioning CEO, and that's okay. I have a team around me to help me with that, but I'm a just functioning CEO, barely functioning most of the time. And uh, and one of the big things that I've been surprised with in the last 18 months is the vulnerability and openness around that conversation of just being okay that like there's very few high functioning individuals at all. I mean, we're all, we all might appear that way, but truthfully, uh, we're probably all barely getting by in some way, in some aspect of our life. And we need to be okay about that, really. It's a big, uh, that's what's made my LinkedIn profile that I've curated over the last three or four years. The engagement that I get is usually because I'm able to be open about the fact that high functioning is the goal, but not a state really, you know, and so that's, that's kind of the first thing is just being a lot more vulnerability around that both publicly and privately around the I don't have together. And that really started to come, that started to get really evident when we all had to close shop or more or less go into hibernation mode. And you're just, everything was uncertain. And, you know, what's going to, what's my business going to do? What am I, is my family going to get sick? Are my kids going to be able to get education in the next two years? I mean, there's just so much. And anyone think they have it together and can predict the future is making it up. So I think we had the last little bit is, is like, how do you get strong and uncertain? How do you follow like the stoic beliefs of like, not getting affected by things you can't control and finding ways to be okay in uncertainty and almost preparing for the worst and then pre-mentally visualizing all the good and bad that can happen so that you're kind of prepared for it. So I I had to put a lot of that into practice this last, uh, I would say, 18 months, even pre-COVID. Thank you for sharing that because I think that there are so many parallels between being a self-admitted high-functioning CEO or non-high-functioning CEO rather and also to being a non-high-functioning father or parent. Right. I think it's there's a lot of parallels to that. And you mentioned surrounding yourself with a great team. And I think that's why I referenced you as a high functioning CEO, because I knew that we had talked about that, that you've surrounded yourself with great people that fill in some of your gaps or other areas. And, and that makes you a high functioning CEO because of your community, your team. 
The same yeah. thing is true as a parent or as a father, right? Because so many dads that I see, I made this mistake early on in my young fatherhood career is I tried to do everything in isolation. I was trying to do it to myself. I was trying to prove something to somebody or someone for whatever reason, I don't know. And it was when I found that I could use others to help me accelerate my kids' growth, help accelerate my development as a father, that I truly started to really thrive in my roles in fatherhood. And would you also say that's true? And have you experienced that in your role as a father as well? I've always thought of my titles as yes, I'm a dad, but like my CEO, that's when I have to really curate and seek advice from and mentors and stuff. But when it comes to like the job of father, being a father, I have never really crowdsourced uh, learnings for that. I, now that I think about it, I've never really had deep, like when I get in discussions with about kids, it's usually just complaining with other dads, like, oh man, it's such a punk. Like, <laughs> da, 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 and we just start joking about it. Uh, laughing too. Like, you know, we kind of humble brag, like, you know, how funny our kids are. And, but it's not, it's usually on like the dumb stuff they do, not, not like, not our own actions and how we need to, you know, doing this technique would help this have growth here and stuff. And I think a lot of people go to church communities for that. There's probably a lot in religious communities for that. And that's kind of the default where maybe they feel like, oh, my default religion can help me also become, you know, be the default good dad. Uh, I think that's probably wrong. Looking retrospectively now, I actually don't use that the religion to dictate my, you know, behaviors and learnings for fatherhood. And in fact, I haven't done anything. I haven't crowdsourced it through friends or family. So uh, I think you've got me, you've stumped me. I don't have a mentor. I haven't, I haven't treated fatherhood like a, like a title that I would angel investor or CEO or uh, some other titles in my life. So that's an interesting, I got to think on that. Yeah. Well, it, you know, it's interesting because what I found myself personally was I recognized early on that I was trying to be the hero to my kid. Mm -hmm. And that was the complete wrong thing to do. And if you look in the fatherhood space, most books, most articles, it's all about being the hero dad. Mm -hmm. And I recognized early on that for me, it was making my kids the hero of their own story, allowing them to experience success and failure on their own with me serving as their guide along the way. Yeah. And when I did that, I dropped my ego, I dropped my pride and it allowed me to bring other men into their lives who could help them in areas that I don't have expertise in. Like I'm not a handy person. So building something like building an obstacle course for my kids in the backyard, good luck. Like I can barely put a hammer to a nail. Yeah. So having someone come in and help with that, right, gives my kids an amazing experience that I could never provide for them on their own. But I have to drop my ego to allow that to happen. So the same thing is true in business a lot where you got to make the customer the hero of the story, right? That's what you guys do at Wooly right. is right. you make the yeah, customer absolutely. the hero of their own story. It's the Donald, Donald Miller principle. And in doing so, right, that customer then allows them to share their story in your platform and accelerate that brand's identity in the eyes of additional customers. The same thing is true in parenting. Yeah, I think I'm learning a lot more from you than I'm giving you, but uh, I, you know, I've never read a book on being a dad, which is interesting. In fact, I just started one from Clayton Christensen on Sunday called, like, I forget the name of it, but How You Will Be Remembered or whatever. Have you heard of this one? Famous Harvard yeah. professor, how your life? I can, I've got to quote it, so I'm not just making stuff up. But I realized it was that one had probably a lot of throwback to both business and, but you know, fatherhood, and or just his kind of life of what, what do you do outside of your career? You know, how will you be, measure your life or something? That's it. So anyway, that one struck me. I'm like, this is probably the first book I've really read. It's like trying to talk about what I should be doing as a dad, and I, I need to do more of that. But what you just said that struck me is. I think my dad was kind of like my hero growing up because he did a lot of cool stuff, but he was mostly other people's hero. Like a lot of other young adults loved him and like, your dad's so cool. And I'm like, yeah, kind of whatever, you know, I was, I didn't, I didn't give him the credit. And, and I actually looked for other mentors, you know, often. And I diversified, like, I remember trying to like diversify my role models. Like I did have my dad and stuff, but he was pretty hardcore on like outdoor sports and stuff. He wasn't like a, 
share like read books and share i had an uncle that was a lot more into like academia and stuff and so i I would make him my hero but i i realized that he was okay with like like he definitely he wasn't trying to be my hero of my life he was all about introducing me to all walks of life and allowing me to learn from all sorts of male role models and now i'm like just thinking about that whole contradiction that you or or that we shouldn't be our kids here or that's not it's not wrong to be your kids hero but that shouldn't be the end goal it's like make them the hero of the story and yeah i'd love to know if that's a is that just trending right now in the last 10 years or do you think that's a principle that's pretty universal well i think it's a principle that needs to become universal because if you look at the millennial generation at large right a large part of that millennial generation were the byproduct of parents who were snowplow parents or helicopter parents or bulldozer parents whatever you want to label that and so what we've seen now in that generation is a lot of kids are they don't have the mechanism to deal with failure because failure at eight is way different than failure at 28. And so they weren't allowed to fail at eight when they're micro failures that are inconsequential because their parents prevented that from happening, trying to be the hero of the story. And so now the kids become an, an adult and they have no mechanism for dealing with failure and it becomes catastrophic. And we're now seeing that as a byproduct in that generation. So I think it's something that needs to change. And whether people are doing it intentionally or not, I know there's also a bunch of parents like ourselves, right? Or like your dad was, who just do it subconsciously because it's what they know and it's what they have seen success with. Mm-hmm. But it's something that needs to change if we're going to change the next generation of kids growing up. So I'll tell you what, I'll send you a copy of Daddy Saturday so you can read okay. your second book on parenting. So we'll give you that. And, you know, and, and we do talk about that principle in there. One of the other principles we talk about a lot though, and I'd love to get your thought on this is why don't we take some of the learnings from the business world and bring those into our home or our family? So think about mission, vision, values, goal setting, right? All those things we do in the business world that are just like the bare minimum of what we do baselines, but we don't bring those things into our families and do those same things, have a family mission statement, have a family vision and values and and set goals as a family together. What do you think that is? I would actually argue that we hardly do them in our business. I I just finished Mm -hmm. up doing some executive coaching and very few startups have a and very few companies, especially this younger age, I can go through and like recite the uh, the state of admission, the the values, the core things. Like it was all in this book. It's called the Entrepreneur Operating System, and it had all these statistics around how little cohesiveness there is in any almost any business. You just go pick the business out and you ask them, and it's it, there's only a few that have really driven that home. So I would I would argue that it's not even being done in the business um, environment. Although you hear a lot of, uh, you know, there's plenty of books that'll tell you how to do it. And there's plenty of like (laughs) theories out there of how to, you know, what's important, how to write up on these mission statements. It's not as common as you would think, but it's when it does get practices, those are some of the strongest organizations when they actually really drive that home and that the secretary or the admin all the way to the CEO can recite the same kind of values for a mission what their core thing is that they go after. So it's good practice. I'm not going to say anything. It's just, uh, it's hard. It's hard enough to implement in businesses. And I guess, and in families, I think it probably has to happen. So we did this offsite retreat as a team of five and it took all of us kind of together. Like, I just don't think you come up with that stuff with one founder, one person. So I think, first of all, you, you and the spouse need to be on board, but it's like, this has to be probably, if not you and the spouse, it probably has to be the whole family and getting the whole family of all different ages to come together on a mission values and uh, kind of the things we are in goal setting. I can't get them to eat at the same time, right? I can't even get <laughs> them to come to the table to eat. So to actually get us to do an offsite and like take that type of thing serious, where I, it's like, I think in our family, it's hard for us to take ourselves serious at all. Like they all make jokes the whole time. And so I just see it being really fun, a fun thing, but 
almost like we would need an outside coach. So here's the idea. We had an outside coach come in to our company, keep us on track, give us the language and the operating system to do this all by. It would take like a family therapist or a family coach to come in and put some order to court. Otherwise, if it was us doing with it, we're, we're just doing a bunch of kids in the room, honestly, my wife and the kids <laughs> all together. So it's awesome. Oh, so there's my the answer to you. Family, like a family yeah. coach where you actually go and have that, get that built with a, with a paid professional. There you go. Well, I think one thing you could do as a family that we've had success with, because we're the same thing. It's like trying to herd cats um, to do anything like that is we've built vision boards and that's kind of fun because the kids can get into that. So it's more of an activity where they get to go out and pick things and they still have fun with it and we're still clowning around, but they get to actually make something and put on that board what they want to achieve in the next year or the next five or 10 years. Um, and it's pretty cool to see what your kids will actually put on that board. Um, and it'll give you a really great idea of kind of what they're striving for. And mom and dad make theirs too. So there's an idea for you guys with the holidays coming up. And for our listeners, that's something you can implement. And, you know, new year, new goals, new year in life. Everybody's looking forward to 2021. So there's an idea. The one thing I will say to that as a caveat, though, we also found that we tend to set family goals at the beginning of the year, but we yeah. let our kids set their individual goals at the beginning of the school year, because for them, that's the beginning of their year, not yeah. the beginning of the calendar year. That's good. Is that in your book? Kind of a guide to that vision boards and stuff? It is. Yeah, I like it. I like it. All right. That's a good one. I like that. My wife's working somewhere nearby and hopefully she's hearing it too. And we'll read this together because we're always trying to figure out a hack to get us unified in some way on a, as a family or at least get the good thing is all my girls have I have three girls and they all have pretty deterministic um, attitudes towards like what they want to get done one's going to create a competitor to Elon Musk uh, so she's trying to invent her electric car at 12 and she's seeing she's seeing she practices singing on YouTube on this 30-day singer thing and my other one's already I have a 14 year old who's already found a job and working as a pizza busing and so they're they're like they're not going to wait for us to okay. tell them what to do they're off to the races already in fact we we can't really we ground them if they're if we ground them from working actually and like doing their jobs like you can't go to work today if you don't get your school done or if you don't do this and so they're like no they really love to go be productive in the economy so that's a good that's a good sign i think that right there is a little bit of relief for us <laughs> man that is huge that is so huge right seeing that that personal accountability or that that go-getter attitude and I would have to say just from knowing you a little bit and not knowing your wife, but I would assume that also that's not, that's not by chance, man. That's the way that you guys are raising them and, and what they see in you and far more is caught than taught, I believe. So seeing you in the way that you act as a, as a business leader, there's one of your girls right there. She's quarantined. He was over exaggerated. Well, yeah. You don't like working? <laughs> no. <laughs> well, yes. So that's, yeah. a 14 well, that's awesome, man. It, so, so kudos to you guys, because you're obviously doing something right there. And I think being an entrepreneur and seeing you being such a, a leader in, in the business world certainly has rubbed off on them. So they, they're trying to emulate what you're doing. Yeah, appreciate that. Yeah, it's, and that's more my wife. Uh, actually, she's the, she's the one that's always grinding on something, learning something, trying a new project for the house, painting or filing taxes. She's the, she's the one that keeps order. I'm, they don't, no, no one really knows what I do for work. I just know that I tap on a phone, <laughs> tap on a phone a lot and do these calls all the time. So <laughs> you've been very generous with your time today. And I appreciate that so much. I would say that um, the one thing that I will compliment you on is if you were to be a hero, your superpower could be a vulnerability or transparency because you do an excellent job at that. I can tell that you've worked extremely hard at it and as a CEO and as a, as a husband or a father, all three of those titles, whether you call yourself those things or not as an official title, that is one of the best character qualities you could absolutely have. 
have. So I think if our listeners take anything away from this, it is that even someone in your status and your role as a high functioning CEO, who's also a husband and a father can be vulnerable, can be transparent and can have success as a result. I appreciate that. That's a, you set me on a good home for the day. <laughs> good. That's there you go. Well, that. anything that we didn't cover or one last message you'd like to leave the audience with Scott? I want to give some suggested reading social dilemma. I'm in the middle of that right now. So go, go watch yeah, that parent, go. go watch that parents. If you haven't yet, it'll uh, bend your mind. For me, it's stuff I know already because I've been in the space for a while. I invested in a company called Gab Wireless. That's for it's a phone for kids to keep them off social media. And uh, just there's no reason to give a smartphone with apps and social media to a kid at, at 10 years old. It's not good for the brain. So if you need a, if you need any evidence as to why, just go try that show. I'm I'm a little more than halfway done, and I'm just sitting there like they did a good job of describing what I've been feeling and studying for the last five years since I was at Disney. And uh, so that's, that's my last word. Just go, just go download that and watch on Netflix for free. There you go. Well, I think it's an important message for the holidays because a lot of people are going to have downtime and especially if we keep on getting quarantined and um, yeah. or isolated. That's going to be very important. So thank you for that, Scott. Thank you for your time. As Appreciate always, that. we'll be intentional, be engaged and make it a great Daddy Saturday. Thanks for listening to the Daddy Saturday podcast. Be sure to subscribe to join me and thousands of other fathers in the journey of raising good kids to become great adults. And be sure to check out daddysaturday.com for our latest resources, content, and epic ideas for how you can be a more intentional and engaged father. And we'll see you here on the next episode of the Daddy Saturday podcast. Thanks for listening.